evening, and welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, The Beat Podcast. This is your host, Eric Ramirez, coming to you live from the Baskets, Maryland. Uh, your local Jets fan, that's probably why I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Eric Ramirez. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to my lovely co-hosts. Let's start off with the gambling man himself, the gentleman with the glasses and the beautiful beard, Lauren. Hello, 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 you guys. Um, Lauren coming to you from Montgomery Village. You can find me on Twitter at underscore heap 21 or the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football fan, Wizards fan, anything DC sports related. So pray for me. Over to AJ. Hey, this is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, I am at Dunedin Jets on Twitter, and uh, I am a Washington sports fan in general for all things, except for my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you can pray for me on that on that behalf as well. Although it can't be said that my expectations are high at all, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. Um, Eric, you want to take that cover? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it, was a, it was a fun NFL weekend this past weekend. Um, a lot of good games were played even up until last night. Um, but something something just as fun is kicking off tonight, and that is the NBA season is kicking off tonight. Um, as we record, the Bucks are currently up big on the Nets, uh, which will be an interesting, you know, the Nets will be an interesting team to watch, as we've talked about a couple times with their Kyrie situation. Uh, but sports is one of those things where players oftentimes try to one-up one another. And I think this week we're seeing the situation where Ben Simmons saw all the coverage that Kyrie Irving was getting and said, nah, 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 hold, hold my beer, fam. Uh, my man's has been suspended for one game. Uh, he's been fined for multiple things since coming on, coming back to practice with the team and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of speculation in the offseason regarding, you know, his position in Philly. Um it's been a hot mess express. So, I mean, AJ, you've been, you've been pretty on it today in terms of, uh, you know, sharing some of your, some of the tweets and stuff that you've seen. What, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, man, just to lay the storyline out for folks who may not be familiar with the NBA, uh, Ben Simmons is an all-star guard uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he, uh, he's, a, he's a lanky, uh, tough defender in, um, uh, to, to play against, uh, particularly because of his size. Um, but he caught a lot of flack last year in the playoffs because, um, you know, the 76ers, uh, Philly's expectations were high for going, um, you know, potentially making it all the way up to a championship, especially with their uh, stud center named uh, Joel Embiid. Um, and uh, so, and Ben Simmons was a uh, huge, well, he took a lot of the blame um, for the fact that they, they flamed out in the series against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the uh, in particular, uh, Ben Simmons was seen uh, on on, a, on several plays, basically avoiding um, taking open uh, uh, shots, um, being aggressive at the rim. Uh, and one of the things that teams have really zeroed in on him uh, of one of the weaknesses in his game is that he can't shoot free throws. So they'll start hacking him, um, and uh, and you know his his free throw percentage was some something like abysmal, like something like forty percent, forty five percent, something like that. Um, and so uh, at the end of that series. Doc Rivers, the head coach of the 76ers, and Joel Embiid made some comments that were critical of uh, of Ben Simmons. Um, and uh, Ben Simmons, uh, well, let's just say he took it personal. Um, and uh, this offseason declared that he was never going to come back to the Sixers and that they should trade him. Um, well, because 
the rest of the league knows that he wants out of Philly. Uh, that basically provided his front office with uh, with the 76ers front office with no leverage during trade trade discussions. So everyone wants Ben Simmons at a premium uh, because he uh, they know he wants out and he won't play. Uh, so for the 76ers as an organization, what this means is that if they're in a bind, either they get rid of him for pennies on the dollar or they have to keep a player who has declared that he will not play for them uh, and basically won't cooperate with the, with the rest of the team during the season. Um, and so just today, the big update is uh, this past week, he showed up at the Sixers practice facility unexpected and unannounced, um, uh, presumably to avoid uh, certain penalties in his contract for, for not participating. Um, and basically today in practice, um, uh, today in practice, he basically just like refused to participate. Like he showed up, he was there to do stuff. Doc Rivers uh, asked him to rotate into a defensive drill. He said no. Then Doc Rivers asked him again, and he said, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." Uh, and and then uh, and so then Doc Rivers is like, "All right, well maybe you should just go home then." And so he dropped the what what the report is. Uh, and these practices are close. So this means it's coming from like players or training facility people. So like it pro- the degree of accuracy of this information is pretty high. But apparently, when when the second time he refused, when Doc Rivers says, "All right, why don't you just go?" He dropped his basketball and he left. And he just went home. Um, there are some rumors that he was seen later that day, um, at a strip club in Philly, like at, at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I can't, I, I don't know how substantiated those are. Um, but basically the long and short of it is, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, the, the, uh, uh if you ever seen the movie, Troy, uh, this is what happens when, uh, when, uh, the King steals Aeneas's girl and he gets all pissed about it. Uh, so he's like refusing to fight. That's basically what Ben Simmons is doing, except the only reason he's doing it is because they told him that uh, he should probably get better in the offseason. Um, so, yeah, he's throwing an epic tantrum here. Uh, he's put his organization in a bind. His teammates are all, are all pretty fed up with him. Um, and uh, it's just an enormous, uh, an enormous distraction for the whole team. Uh, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm not happy. Uh, and it's going to be interesting because uh, the team suspended him for one game for missing practice. Uh, conduct detrimental to the team, which means he'll take a financial hit on that um, uh, because it's a punishment for cause. Uh, and and uh, so he's not eligible to play in their opener on Wednesday, um, but they'll be on the road Wednesday. Their home opener is actually on Friday. Uh, and that's the day that I'm super interested to see because if he runs out on the court uh, in Philadelphia, if you, if, if, uh, if you know, if you know that city, uh, it's not a city that is forgiving to uh, pretty much anyone and everyone hates playing there uh, unless you're like a star. So, uh, so yeah, just, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting little, uh, affair. Uh, Lauren, you got anything to add? For sure. Yeah. He was supposed to. So the, the reason he showed up is because he was like, I'm not going to take any more of this, these fines or like, I'm not going to lose my money. Well, in reality, he's lost, he hasn't gotten paid at all in it and, uh, or anything, I think. And, and now that he's been suspended for the tomorrow, he's not getting that money either. So really, he's just put himself in a horrible situation. Um, like you said, set up his front office just terribly. So now he's someone will take him at some point. Is my assumption, or he's just gonna pull a, or he's just gonna sit out the whole season. But my assumption is someone's gonna be like, hey, we'll give you a second round draft pick for him, and Philly's finally gonna be like, and that's finally like, sure, yes, you can have him. Like we're just done with this drama, and just like ship him off somewhere. But you know. Who I, I don't know who would want him who wants him at this point I don't know is it because you're seeing all this and you're like huh this so you want that you want it out of your organization this is how you treated your head coach and your players and stuff and like Doc Rivers is like respected throughout the league 
like just just I mean like like players like kill for him. So like like Kevin Garnett would kill for him, but like and so to like do this to like Doc, it just like shows what it, people know Doc's character. So it just shows like okay, well if you're gonna do that to Doc, I, I don't want you on my team. So we'll see we'll see what happens. He he's like I said, he'll end up some. He's good enough to end up somewhere. What's hilarious though is he got kicked out on refusing to do a defensive drill, which is his strength. It's defense. You think he'd be on a shooting drill, you know, which he can't because he can't, you know, <laughs> hit the side of a broad side of a barn. But anyway, it's a huge mess. But I'll pitch it back to you, Eric, for closing thoughts. Look, I mean, my biggest question mark, right, about the whole situation is, I mean, he's he's toxic. So far, all he's shown is that he he couldn't take the criticism of the off season. Maybe it was unwarranted because I mean, like everything, basketball is a team sport, but. I mean, if you can't if you can't make your shots and you play the position that he plays, you got you got to fix something, my man. Um, it'll, yeah, no, it, I, but I, I think I want to I want to sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, Eric, but I want to no, no, throw this thing here because I think it's like I think it's an important thing to know. A couple of important things to know. One thing to note is that this Ben Simmons is not the first NBA star to do this. Uh, and let's be clear, Ben Simmons is an All Star caliber player. Uh, most people in the NBA think that with the with Ben Simmons on the team and and performing. Uh, as he normally is, they're a championship contender, uh, pretty much alongside Joel Embiid. Um, and without him, without another all-star caliber player, they're not. And that's why the Philadelphia 76ers are so insistent on g- getting something good, like something equal value in return, because they want to continue the, their playoff success that they've had recently. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, at some point you just got to face facts. Uh, so that, I mean, and that's kind of on the front office. What's What's funny to me is I think that the the Sixers have basically just taken the wrong tack on this from the beginning. They've just done everything wrong. Uh, first, they alienated Ben Simmons. Then they alienated him further. Then they start begging him to come back. Now he's back. Now he's suspended. Uh, they've, you know, they've been they've been finding him left and right. Blah blah blah. It's like it's just like you guys should have just gotten this out of. At some point, you just got to rip the bandaid off. It, you know, it's there. It's, you got to stop agonizing over, you know, what you're going to lose and start trying to build something positive. Uh, but like I said, Ben Simmons is not the first NBA player to do this. Andre Drummond famously uh, uh, requested to be traded. They weren't moving him, so he showed up to practice every day and wouldn't stop taking half-court shots. That was what he did to throw his tantrum. Uh, he, for for context, Andre Drummond is like seven feet tall and is the center, so he has no business taking anything any shots beyond 15 feet from the basket. Uh, then you've got uh, Jimmy Butler, who fam- like just completely ruined practices by uh, hogging all the drills and like, uh, like just completely alienating the rest of his uh, his teammates in Minnesota. Uh, so this isn't the first time something like this has happened in the NBA. Uh, I think one of the dynamics that might be going on here is that uh, is that the owners don't like uh, you know management and and the and the owners the executives they don't like when the players uh, sort of assert, assert their authority to like to be like nah I'm not going to do it uh, you know to to say no to them. So uh, I know I know I've seen different articles in the Athletic basically asserting that there's some sort of dynamic with that going on. But with that being said, I think uh, you've also got the rest of the NBA ownership in front offices who are basically like happy to watch Philadelphia burn. Um, you know, if it you know, and at the end of it, one of them will will dangle like you said a second round pick or something in front of in front of the Sixers and end up with an All Star. So um, so it, it's just the whole situation is very funny. And the other thing that I think is really funny about this is that Ben Simmons has a plenty of money. He doesn't, he could set out the whole season. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter him one jot. I think the, I think it's also very funny. His, his family's a basketball family. His dad was an NBA uh, player as well. 
and uh and, he, and he's from australia so like during the offseason instead of participating with the rest of the team and like practice and stuff he just went back to australia and like played basketball in a gym with his with his cousins like it's it's like it's, he's he's just like the ultimate four-year-old throwing this tantrum it's just really funny i mean he's he's gonna be all right well what do you what do you guys think of the chances the wizards make a trade for him I mean, Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard uh, is, is is a savvy GM. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to try something like that. But I don't think I don't think the Wizards could take his. Well, maybe we could take his salary at this point. I don't know. I don't know. Anything's possible. I don't know. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I I think for now they're gonna roll what we got. Um, I mean, I mean maybe if uh, I, like like I just said, Tommy's a savvy GM. So like if it gets if it gets close to the trade deadline. And he still hasn't been moved or showed up to a practice or anything like that. Maybe dangling something in front of him. But we just got Spencer Dinwiddie. I know. I know we can. I know. Like in today's NBA, there's not really positions anymore. It's kind of a positionless game. But we just got Spencer, and we want him to be the the point guard and kind of run things. So um, I think it would kind of be not 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 stepping on Spencer's toes, but like kind of being like, you know, hey, you know, we just signed you. We picked picked you up to be all this money to run kind of run the show here with Brad. But we're also going to bring in Ben now. So you know. I think I think for now we'll just let him do him and just let and just let it kind of be kind of move forward with the pieces we got. No, with the season kicking off, I know that um, we were talking before the before the show. We were talking a little bit about your expectations for the Wizards and whatnot. Um, you've got you've got the young buck Rui took some time off to uh, for his mental health and whatnot. Uh, just coming back with the team, Bradley Beal's vaccination status up in the air. You got a couple new pieces just trying to see like how they can all mesh together with your new head coach for the season. Um, what are you guys thinking? I mean, you told you've already told me off off the show, but let everybody else know. You kind of give them a primer for what you're expecting for the season, what you hope to see, and uh, yeah, just you know some of the things to look out for. Uh, sorry. How about how about uh, Lauren? I'll kick it. I'll kick it to you to start it off first. Yeah, no, for sure. I think this year we're going to have a, a pretty decent year. This is the first time in a long time we actually have a team. For a long time we were um, picking up like a full – what I mean by that is like a full team with, with depth and uh, coming off the bench. For a long time it was just John and Brad running the show or just Brad running the show, and then we'd have other guys kind of stepping in. Don't, don't be wrong, we, when we got Russ, that was definitely an upgrade. But outside of that, it was like we've got either rookies coming in that are just fresh, fresh rookies in the NBA – or we've got guys that you've never heard of, like Isak Bonga, Sam Decker, Garrison Matthews. These dudes coming in that that now don't have jobs, you know, like that now are, you know, who, who even knows where they are playing in the NBA. Um, Jan Mahimi signed him for, uh, you know, uh, 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 millions, millions, tens of millions of dollars that didn't do a thing. Uh, was just awful when he got on the court. And so now you don't have to give to you, you don't have to look at Brad and go, hey, Brad, can you just drop like 40 a night and maybe we'll win this thing? No, we've actually got depth. We've added uh, Contavious Codwell Pope. So I think so. Let me backtrack. I think what Tommy did was really smart. He traded for Russ, got Russ, took on his contract for a year, but went. I know I can get pieces if I trade. If I have to trade Russ, like he thought two steps ahead, which our past GM never did. Our past GM thought in the moment, let's trade all our young pieces, let's trade all our draft picks to get old vets and make this run. And it just never, it it never, it worked a little bit, but it never really like. You're, we're kind of in purgatory. We did just well enough to make the playoffs, maybe win there in the first round, but then not get a high enough draft pick. So we pick in the middle, but, you know, and and it's kind of rinse and repeat. Tommy went, 
you know what? I'll take his contract on this year, but I guarantee you he won't want to or not guarantee, you, but I, I if if someone if I want to move him, I know I can get stuff back, pieces back for him. That's exactly what he did. He went and got Codwell Pope um, from the Lakers, which is, you know, he's a he's a great starting uh, small forward, great defensive player, can shoot the three really well. Kyle Kuzma's also additional bench that we got. And for me, the most the person I'm most excited about is Montrez Harrell. I love watching him. I love his energy. I love his grit. I love his toughness, you know, because he was kind of an undrafted guy, kind of flew under the radar and then won six man of the year out of nowhere, you know, like kind of his energy he brings off the bench is a big plus. Plus, and then we added a, a new head coach with West Unsell Jr. I've been reading about his practices. Uh, he has a, what's called the quiet drill. So so with our last, uh, Scott Brooks, Scott Brooks had some issues running uh, defense. And by that, I mean, they just didn't play defense at all. And issues running plays. And by that, I mean, they didn't run any plays at all. Mm-hmm. They pretty much gave the ball to Brad and to let him try to like crash the paint by himself. Um, and, you know, when they were on defense, guys were getting left wide open. They, you know, they just didn't seem to communicate. What I read today, was reading today was West West runs this drill once a week where it's called the quiet drill, where the coaches can't talk at all. The players have to talk, and the players have to talk to each other. And I read that, and I was like, that's something I felt like we should have been doing forever ago when we found out that this was happening. Like, like have them out there communicating, getting used to each other, getting getting in a rhythm. Um, we also added a free agent point guard in Spencer Dinwiddie, who I personally love watching him play on the Nets uh, before he tore his ACL. So he's coming off that, but he looks great. Anything, everything in preseason, he's got. It looks like he's got a solid three-point shot. He looked amazing with the Nets. So I think this year, uh, out of the 82-game season this year, I think we're probably going to get around 40 wins. I see us definitely probably being a playoff contender. We might come out. We might come out the gates a little slow. We always have, but that's just uh, some of. I think that's some of that's going to just be that we have a new team. We're trying to you know run new plays, kind of like things like that. But I think the second half of the season we, we finish really strong, and we make a push for the playoffs. I can kind of see us being a. If we win 40, I think we'll be a top four team in the East. But I can honestly see this team as it is constructed currently making the playoffs and being a top eight team. Um, uh, I think worst case for eighth seed, but I think we we have the potential to do better than that based on the pieces that we've added. So I'll tell you, AJ, what do you think? Yeah, I also think, uh, you know, players like, uh, you know, Roy Hachimura got a chance to play um, internationally this year. And I, I think. Uh, he's you just see nothing but improvement from the kid, um, you know, since especially since the right after the bubble and everything. Um, so I'm excited to, uh, at the prospects of seeing him play. He, he took some time out for his mental health. Uh, he, he's back with the team now. Um, he's not traveling with them to Toronto for their for the opener, uh, but he will be. Uh, I guess I my understanding is he will be available on Friday at the home opener. I think um, it's unclear. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, so I, that's a that's a storyline to follow. Uh, it's great that we actually have a real coach now. Um, maybe we'll have one that can drop plays and stuff too, because uh, uh, Scott Brooks was famously bad at that as well. Um, and and uh, I'm interested to see how Brad uh, takes to this atmosphere because um, I, I think there'll be some more structured offense, uh, offensive um, playmaking for uh, opportunities for him. Um, you know, to where he he's not sort of just trying to be the guy. Because um, to be honest with you, I love I love watching Brad play. Obviously, he's like one of the best scores in the game, and everyone knows that. Uh, but the thing is, uh, is that he just does—he just doesn't have that same like clutch bone in his body where he where he can sort of like, it's like yeah no I'm the, I'm the man who puts the team on his shoulders you know he he's he's always sort of just been lived in John Wall's shadow in that in that respect, um, so that's also why it was great to have Russ last year, um, uh, but yeah I, I think the I think the Wizards are are better than 500 team this year I think so I'm thinking at least 41 games. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm hoping to see them uh, do something do something dangerous in the playoffs and maybe keep Brad next year instead of seeing him uh, test free agency. 
His, yeah, I want to add on to that. I think you're right. I think with the pieces that we've added in the point guard, we added in Spencer. Spencer will create things for Brad. Um, AJ referenced that our previous head coach, Scott Brooks, was bad at drawing up plays. Scott ran heavy isolation. He just His, his idea was, I'm going to put the ball in my player's best hands and let him just get everybody out of his way and go score. With Spencer now, Spencer can compliment Brad along with Daniel Gafford, who we just signed for three years, $40 million. He's in a He's a fun, young, athletic center that can move. He can uh, uh, cut to the rim, set screens, cut to the rim, run the pick and roll really well. Um, and for, looking forward to him, uh, looking forward to hit massive slams from him as well. So I think with the pieces that we've added that uh, and um, that will improve and will get will be even better. And Brad, I think Brad won't Brad won't chase the scoring title. I don't think like he did last year. But I think him not chasing the scoring title helps him out because he doesn't have to be the guy carrying the team every single night, trying to carry the team every single night. And he can focus a little bit more on defense or he can save some energy for defense because Spencer hits a three or Spencer cuts and gives it to Gafford. So he's not. It's not like uh, let's let's let Brad try to fight through a double team and and, and hit a layup here. It's like let's Brad sit and set Brad up in the corner, hit an easy jumper, you know, kind of take some pressure off him. So I definitely see us being a being a top eight team in the East this year. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes, but I'm looking. It's looks looking very positive. Looking very positive. Any thoughts, Eric? Look, I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Um, I don't usually do a good job keeping up with basketball. It's one of those sports where it's like. You know, you kind of wait towards the end of the season and like playoff time to like delve back into it. Um, in the past, I all I've known is that the Wizards have uh, they've had competitive moments and then they've had not so competitive moments. So it's you you kind of like you ride the energy from the beginning of the season, um, and by the end of the season, it's either bumped up or you're just kind of like over it. Um, last season, I remember I remember uh, the playoffs. And um, fortunately, I think we were out after the first round. Um, but I was like, oh, snap, we're in the playoffs. But we had Russell Westbrook, too, so it was a bit different. Um, it'll be interesting for like for me to see the new guys that you guys mentioned, um, especially uh, Dinwiddie, because he seems to have some hype around him just to see, like, you know, can he mesh? Can him and Beal get, get along together? How does the new coach, um, you know, how does, how does he create uh, a new chemistry in the building? And uh, it'll be interesting to see who steps up. Um, I like the young guy, uh, Roy. I like him a lot. So I'm hoping to see him, you know, kind of ball out this year. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, it, it should be an exciting an exciting season in Washington for sure. Um, another exciting season that, that's just kicking off, that just kicked off last week um, that I briefly want to mention is the Washington Capitals. So we, we're currently, we've only played two games this season so far. We're playing the third one tonight against the Avalanche. Uh, but we're currently, we had a, an impressive opening win against the New York Rangers. Uh, where we just kind of took care of business there. Um, and then we had an overtime loss against, um, I think it's the Flyers, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that. Uh, but we'll see how the rest of the season plan, pans out um, as that goes along. Um, just, you know, kind of keeping everybody updated on the local teams around here. Uh, but another interesting local topic that we want to talk about, one that I know especially grinded the gears of AJ, was the announcement <laughs> the day after we recorded last week of the retirement of the late and great Sean Taylor's number, 21. Um, <laughs> absolute shit show. I mean... I'm not even a Washington fan like that, and I was mad. Uh, so AJ, I know you. I know you got some some things to say about that whole mess because oof. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a whole. Um, I mean, there's something rotten in Denmark, right? Like, it's just a whole debacle here. Like, first, first you have this whole the whole investigation, you know, prior to the season um, that the NFL and we we went over this last week, so I'm not going to go into all the details. But you know, you have you have the whole debacle in the off season. Uh, we know Dan Snyder was involved. Uh, we know Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, uh, the former president of the uh, of the team, were involved in creating a really toxic and sexist work environment. Um, so we have that whole scandal coming out last year, or like in March, I believe. Uh, you know, you can you keep going, um, and it's just release after release. The John Gruden emails. Then there's some emails between Bruce Allen and um, the the head lawyer for the for the for the NFL. Um, uh, you know. And that then then you have like the NFL being like, oh well, we can't release more anything more than that because uh, uh, some employees requested confidentiality, which is BS. That's nonsense because you can just redact them. So like it, it's it, it's just a whole rotten thing, and it seems like the big black hole at the center of it that keeps all of the just crap and ugly, horrible mess floating around it is this Washington football team. And then on Wednesday last week, the uh, the team decided to add a nice, big, stinking turd right back out there into into orbit uh, for all the rest of us to get mad about. When they decided to retire uh, Sean Taylor's uh, jersey, and for those those folks at home who may not know who Sean Taylor was, Sean Taylor was like easily on track to be one of the best safeties of all time. He was he was uh, an amazing safety. He could he could catch. Uh, he would he would pick balls off. Uh, he he would he would lay hits down. He Sean Taylor is who Jamal Adams thinks he is. He he like he can lay the boom down in the in the in the hole. He can uh, he'll take your head off with a with a you know if you if you cross the middle on him. He can get interceptions and not only that he was clutch. He would come up with the big play uh, when you needed it. Um, and unfortunately, back when we were in high school, I think I want to say it was 2007. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he was in the middle of the season. Actually, he was um, he was sleeping at home with his uh, with his wife in Florida, and uh, some um, three, I think it was three robbers broke into his house and, uh, and killed him. Uh, they shot, they shot him when he confronted them uh, while they were, while they were robbing him. Um, and, uh, um, and he passed away. Um, he died uh, in the middle of the season. It was, it was really sad. I think when I, when I said I was in high school, you know, I was sad about it, you know, myself, you know, you know, kids kind of get emotionally involved in this kind of stuff. And he's, he's beloved by the fan base for, for his ability to make plays and, um, uh, and everything like that. I mean, I'll never forget. I don't think any of us could ever forget the, the, um, the pro bowl where he destroyed Brian Mormon, uh, the punter who tried to run that, tried to run a fake punt in the pro bowl, thought he was going to be cute. And he then got Sean so Taylor much just heat like, for that. He got annihilated. It was really, really just one of the best hits of all time I've ever seen on live television. And, um, you know, Sean was just that kind of a beloved player, um, and for him to die like that, and, and and a legit star. I mean, like I said, if he had if he hadn't died, he probably would have been one of the greatest, considered one of the greatest safeties of all time. And um, uh, you know, it was just a huge tragedy. And so, you know, fast forward to this past week, uh, you know, it seems like Washington football's team's coming up in the news for all the wrong reasons again. The team's losing, uh, and it's like. Uh, you know, the team, the team facilities get raided by the DEA the week before. Uh, and it just seemed like, uh, you know, they announced his retire the retirement of his Jersey on a Wednesday, uh, three days before the game where, you know, and this is a game, this is an event that a lot of fans would, would be interested in going to, um, frankly, you know, if, if only for that reason, then you, then you see what they meant when they said they were going to honor Sean Taylor. They, they had his family take a photo in front of Sean Taylor way. Uh, so 
there's there's a there's a road at the stadium that is named after Sean Taylor. Uh, and but the sign is right in front of a bunch of porto potties, and they like they're just standing there in front of that taking the picture. Then they uh they run the they run the pregame ceremony, and it's where it looks like it's it's like mixed up with a different type of conception where, um, you know, a bunch of past alumni whose jerseys have been retired are talking about something, but they're not talking about Sean. Uh, and then they do their, they, uh, you have Jackson Mahomes was told to, by security to stand on this, on this area of the field that was, um, cordoned off, uh, to, to honor Sean Taylor by, you know, it's 21, it's his number. Uh, so Jack, and so Jackson, uh, you know, records uh, like a TikTok on a TikTok dance or something. Um, you know, un, unwittingly to him, you know, he's now offended a bunch of people, even though uh, he was told to do that, uh, which makes the which makes Washington seem even worse. The people running this thing, and then the ceremony itself lasted all of like, I don't know, two two three minutes. Nobody from his family was allowed to speak. All they did was have like like ten or fifteen people kind of stand in in the middle of the field with a with a sort of like uh, with his jersey sort of encased in glass. And the whole thing looked like it was put together in five minutes, which is what everyone was concerned about when they announced it on a Wednesday, three days before the game, that they were doing this thing. It's It was supposed to be some sort of PR uh, boost for the team, uh, you know, to cover up for all the horrible PR that, that uh, you know, they, that, that they've been experiencing. Um, I just, it, it's outrageous. It really, it really is, because even if that's not what it was, and it's true. And it's true what Jason Wright said, which is the who's the president of the of the team now, who said that we've been planning this for months. Uh, well, if you've been planning it for months, that was horrible, and you should probably get some new planners. If you uh, and if you're just lying, obviously, like obviously, that's also terrible. So now you've created a PR uh, disaster for yourself because you look evil, like a jerk either way. So congratulations, uh, Washington football team's a dumpster fire. Yeah, for sure. No, we, yeah, we, so let's paint the, paint the picture a little bit for people, for the people at home. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, it comes out that a, the, the DEA kicks on our front door and we get raided. Excellent. Good stuff. Love. That's what you needed to be in the headlines for. And then, uh, and then a few weeks later, these emails come out with, uh, th- that are at the time GM's doing uh, on Monday, uh, sending or has been talking with John Gruden sends apparently was sending, you know, the photos of the cheerleaders and things like that. So, you know, and, um, and John with his, you know, racist and sexist remarks, you know, the horrible things that they were saying to each other. So rightfully John steps down, steps down. And, uh, and uh, then, so then that's on Monday, right? So we do our podcast usually the next day, the um, Wednesday, it comes out that, that they're retiring Sean's jersey and everybody's just like, what? Wait a minute. You're doing that this week. They had on the local radio show, uh, they had on called great and Danny, they had Sean's brother on and they asked him straight up. So you knew about this all the, because it came out, Jason Wright said that, you know, we planned it. And actually the, this, it was alumni weekend. That's the other thing. It's also alumni weekend. So we're also going to honor all the alum this weekend and Sean Taylor. Um, so the granddaddy had his brother on. His brother literally said, "I didn't find. I didn't know about this. My dad just told me this like Wednesday. Like I had no idea this was going on. We had no idea this was happening. Like they they just told me this was happening Wednesday. And Sean Taylor, for for people that like, so the Washington football team has since my entire life has been like it just not a good franchise and like just not a good team. But Sean Taylor was one of the bright stars on that team. Those teams." Um, 
for the short time he was there that said, if Sean's on the field, we got a chance. It's kind of like I've been telling people was he was kind of like like the way I thought about him. I think about him now. He's kind of like our version of like Ed Reed out there or like, you know, our version of like Aaron Rodgers or like Patrick Mahomes back, like like just on the defensive end. Though. But I mean by that is like when he's out there, you know, we've got a shot. We've at least got a chance. He can, you know, he can fumble late game fumble that he picks up and recovers, and then we kick a game winning field goal, blocks a or, the, or picks up a blocked uh, ex, or field goal to to return it, so put us in field goal position to win a game. You know, pick six, you know, to 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 cap a game off. He just he was like our star. He was like the reason we watched, right? And then for them to just do it like this, just so slop sloppily, just just like. And then the the picture with the family was just awful. That's just a terrible. The first thing I noticed when I saw it was why are they behind, why are porter potties behind them? What what are, what are we doing here, people? Like why is this? It was terribly done, terribly organized. Only they only printed ten thousand towels for him. Like I have one of the original towels that I went to the game after he died. But you know they 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 weren't prepared for it. And for me, it's always been when our when when the Washington football team's names gets dragged in the mud or I guess let me look backtrack I always think about it like there's a line in the sand you got the organization on the left side in the front office and you got the players on the right side and you love the players to death like whatever the organization does that's fine they can get dragged through the mud all you want but you don't touch the players and you don't touch the players that in your mind are like or were the best players you ever got to see growing up when your when your franchise was bad and they messed with one of the best players that died tragically and the, to drag him into the organizational side, like I was already, that was for me, like, honestly, I didn't tell you guys this. This is the first time I announced it. That was a real gut punch for me. A lot of the stuff that's come out and then they did this. And I was like, this, I, I was, I was livid. I was, I was honestly ready to just be like, you know what? I'm done. And that's the, and that's the first time I've ever had that thought. Cause you don't, to me, it's, you don't mess with the players and especially the players that, that have, that have cornerstone of the franchise. The, 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 the front office is always going to be the monsters and the, the, the people that they are. There's nothing you can do about that. But the players, to me, the players have always symbolized like people reaching their dreams, something I can aspire to, like something I can look up to as a kid, you know, like people who made it, made it to the top, like guys, you, the guys that grinded and, you know, kind of like they're, they're kind of like normal people like us almost in a sense. And so to me, I've always kind of had that line in the sand. To me, they crossed it and it just made me, it, 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 it it just made me livid because it's just like there's certain people you don't touch in this organization, Joe Gibbs and Sean Taylor. And Joe Gibbs wasn't even – and Joe Gibbs who drafted him and then held the team together after his tragic death wasn't even invited to the ceremony. That's how poorly planned it was because he had a NASCAR race. Don't you think he should at least be there? Don't you think we should have planned it ahead of time? You know, in, in this year's 2021, maybe make the whole year about Sean Taylor. I don't know. You know something different than what they just did. It's clearly they just did this to try to save face, and it just made it look made them look even worse, in my personal opinion. But those are my two cents on it, Eric. I don't, it's just an example of like an organization finding ways to try and save face, and literally doing the complete opposite of that. Like you guys have both have literally both said everything that I could ever dream about saying. Um, Sean Taylor, even. Even for me as a guy who back in 2007 was just getting into the sport, I mean, you would watch the you watch him play coming out of the University of Miami and just, like, I at the time, the closest I had ever seen a safety hit somebody as hard as he, he had was Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed or Brian Dawkins, all three who were considered, like, perennial pro bowlers, Hall of Famers. I mean, Sean Taylor was a combination of all three of them. He could go up and make a catch. He was a ball hawk like Ed Reed. Both came, both coming out of Miami. 
he could lay an absolute smack on you like Troy Polamalu could. And he was rangy and in the box, just like Brian Dawkins was in Philly. And it was a shame because I'll never forget, uh, y'all had Sean Taylor and then you had drafted Laurent Landry to be your strong safety. And that was supposed to be like the absolute hammer in the back, defensive backfield for years to come. And we never got to see it come to fruition because he was taken so early. But, I mean, the impact that Sean had on on the entire fan base and the organization as a whole, you're going to take all of that and absolutely like wipe your butt with it because your ex-president was out here obviously doing shady and awful things. And your owner is like, no, I can't take this anymore. They talk about us too much in a bad way. Let's do this. And it's like, nah, dude, you dropped the ball. You fucked us up. <laughs> I mean, you're literally having his family take pictures in front of the sign for a street while like someone's taking a shit in the background. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. I generally don't. And like AJ and Lauren, much respect to y'all for, you know, for being as in control of your emotions as you are. Cause boy, if this was the jets doing the things that Washington has been doing, I don't think I, I, I would ever find peace. <laughs> like, genuinely, I don't know if I ever would. It's just, to, it's just really, really sad to see, but. Yeah, man. We'll we'll see what you guys are in the new are in the headlines for this week. You hate to see it. I hate to see it. I feel bad for the players because you could tell that like a lot of those guys in the in that locker room were like, we can't catch a fucking break, and it's just like it sucks, man. Like the guys are out here trying; they're trying for Ron, right? And like Rivera's out here busting his ball, like busting his ass, like working hard as hell. He had to beat cancer last year just to come back out here and like, you know take you guys to the playoffs and do what he's got to do to get everybody in the position to do it. And like your executive office is just like, yeah, nah, fuck you guys though. <laughs> it's, it's really sad, man. But, um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it moving there. Cause we could talk about that probably for the whole show if we really wanted to, but we're not, we're not going to do that to y'all. Um, I want to talk real quick about a different kind of football. Uh, the beautiful game, uh, soccer as we know it over here on this side of the pond. Uh, just because, like, man, let me tell y'all. So Champions League is going on, and for those people at home who may not know, Champions League is basically um, a large soccer tournament for all the European teams um, where, like, the best teams in each in each league come together and just compete against each other. So, like, Germany, um, Spain, France, England. Uh, sometimes you'll get a team that comes in from Russia just because, like, they play that well, even though, like, Russia is, like, Asia. But every once in a while, they'll pull a team over there. Not this year, I don't think. Um, you'll get teams from, like, um, what's that place? Holland or, um, like, all up there every once in a while, like Ajax and whatnot. Um, but I, I want to bring it up to because there's there were two games today in particular that were just absolutely bananas to me to watch. First off, you have Paris Saint-Germain, which is probably like the biggest football club in all of France. Um, they have superstars such as Mbappe, Lionel Messi, Angel Di Maria, um, Marquinhos, Sergio Ramos. Like They have all these guys playing over there. And then you got this, I'll say Leipzig from Germany is probably like probably the third or fourth best team. Boy, did they hang around for a long time. I think that game ended like it ended up being like four to two or something. Um, all I know is that Messi out here getting two goals, one on a PK and then an assist to Mbappe. And it was just 
a madhouse. I was telling AJ how I was like, it's unacceptable how PSG has all this firepower and they're losing early in the game. And then they come back and just like Messi, as he did for years, as I rooted for Barcelona, he was like, don't count me out, bro. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to question you. Um, but the other game that was absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, and I'll pass it over to you guys to talk about the games if, if, um, if you want to, but Atletico Madrid and Liverpool have an extremely interesting like rivalry going on right now, because last year, um, I believe Liverpool lost to Atletico in the finals. And so this year they're coming back and Liverpool is like, nah, screw this. We're in the same group. So we we're going to bring it to you. And boy, did they in the first 10 minutes, Salah comes in, absolutely blasts the goal, uh, to, to, to go up one Oh, next thing, you know, um, God, I think it's KT or something like that comes out of nowhere and rockets a volley into like the upper right to go up to zero. And then our main man, Griezmann, who just got back to Atletico from Barcelona for, for a few years, said, hold my beer, as he scored two goals to even the game in under 30 minutes. I never in my life seen four goals scored in 30 minutes, but it was insane. Unfortunately, Griezmann got sent off with a red card because he absolutely plastered a guy in the face with his cleats. Um, you know, and, and on, at first watch, I was like, that was kind of questionable. I'd give him a yellow. But I understand the red card because if I drop kick somebody in the face with cleats, I would probably get kicked out of any game. <laughs> Atletico went on to lose that, the, the game because um, they, they gave up an unnecessary PK at the end. But they were playing 10 to 11, so... Man, did you guys catch any of that game? Because it was electric, man. Uh, yeah, uh, so let me I'll, – I'll let you guys get into it more than me. So I only saw highlights because of what, what I was doing at the time. But uh, what, I wanted to, what I wanted to highlight was, Eric, when you were saying that uh, when uh, PSG went down and you're like, they have all this talent and you were laming all their players. And I like – I glanced over and I was like, oh, that's right. They got Messi. And I was like, they're not out of this just yet. And then sure enough, Messi went, out, went and scored two goals and they, they, they won three to two. But – I, because I was doing, I was at work. I didn't get to. I wasn't able to watch the games like you guys were. And, um, I just saw the highlights on Twitter. You know, you guys would post the goal, and I see the clip of the goal post a few minutes later. So I'll let you guys discuss more of it. Yeah, I got to. I got to. I watched the. Uh, I had the Liverpool game on the background. Um, I'm just full disclosure. I so I adopted Liverpool during the pandemic since uh, like the only sport that was on to watch was uh, the Premier League. Um, and I, the only reason I adopted them was just because uh, because I know that they're a super leftist city, so uh, yep. or super into labor. And uh, at the time, Jeremy Corbyn was still a thing, um, and so <laughs> uh, so like, or maybe that wasn't during the pandemic, maybe the year before last, but still. Anyway, that's the whole. That's the only reason why I picked Liverpool, and it, they just ended up being good. Uh, so I lucked out in that respect. But um, but yeah, I I super I really enjoy, I think Mosal is a wizard. Uh, he's really really good. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. He's just uh, he's just good at football. Uh, and then uh, I think it was an interesting game because the flow at the beginning, you know, Liverpool was really dominant with their sort of like slashing style, sending balls into the box and and just sort of seeing you know come what may, you know, making something happen out of the the chaos that ensues. Uh, but then um, you know right after that, uh, Atletico really uh, just took control. I mean, and they were they were firmly in control until Griezmann got sent off in the second half. It was a little bit it was a little bit disappointing, honestly, to see him get sent off. But like you said, Eric, uh, I think after I saw the re like at first I was like, come on, he didn't do it on purpose. But then like I saw the replay and I was like, you really can't stick your foot in someone's face like that. It's not, 
can't do that. <laughs> it's like, oh my cause, god! Because Griezmann—it's not just that like they were playing ten on ten on eleven. It's that Griezmann was such a big part of their, um, you know, their ability to to really hurt uh, Liverpool. So I, I was just looking forward to more, uh, you know, Salah versus Griezmann duels. But um, uh, and then after that, the game kind of slowed down a bit until that until that PK happened. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more, to more matchups between these two teams. Cause that was, that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. I mean, they're both going to come out of the group that they're in right now. Um, so at some point they, they may have to match up again. Um, but I mean, I think the most fascinating thing that you said to me today, AJ, um, that I had, that I started paying attention to a lot when, um, when we were talking about all three of us were talking about the games was that like you pointed out how Griezmann was just winning his one-on-one matchups. And it's like one moment, the defender would know exactly where he is. And then like the ball would be like in the air. And then next thing you know, the, the defender's like, Holy crap, where'd this guy go? He's like a ninja. And he's just out here scoring goals, bro. Um, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I know Real Madrid like absolutely annihilated um, Shakhtar Donsk uh, five to zero. Man City handled business against Club Rube, uh five to one. Um, my team Barcelona. We play tomorrow. We play Dynamo Kiev. Um, I actually I think that that might I think they might be they're either like from Holland or they're Russian. They're one of those. They're up there somewhere. But yep. Kiev is in you is in Ukraine. Ukraine. There you go. So they're yeah they're they're part of that league up there um they're probably gonna kick our ass because we, we we lost so many players but yeah expect more expect more uh more champions league highlights from us moving forward as well as that kind of progresses especially once we get out of the group stages that's when it gets uh gets real fun and interesting but let's get back to um to our, to some of the bread and butter here something that i saw today um and, and it's always on ESPN, and it kind of really pisses me off. And it was a great tweet that I saw, though, from somebody else commenting on it. They were talking about how it always seems like there's goalposts moving for Lamar Jackson, right? So, like, early in the season, it, our, our running joke here on the podcast was like, Lauren, did they figure out Lamar Jackson yet, right? And we're always talking about it. And it's like, Lauren's just got to do his little chuckle that we all love and do that little smirk. And he's like, I, I think they did. And – um but obviously we know he didn't. He's out here breaking records, coming back from like fourth quarter comebacks for overtime wins. He's out here having more yardage than entire NFL teams. And then I saw the hot take today say, do you think Lamar Jackson could lead the Baltimore Ravens to a Super Bowl? Bitch, if Lamar Raven, or if Lam- he should be Lamar Raven, because that's literally what he is. But if Lamar Jackson cannot lead the Baltimore Ravens to a Super Bowl, then I am not right-handed. Then, 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 I, then my last name is Ramirez, and I can speak neither Spanish nor English. I'm not talking right now. Like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I mean, they always got to find a different way to try and like dismiss Lamar. Oh, he's just a running back playing quarterback. Oh, he's he, his accuracy is unquestioned. Like he, we can't really trust his accuracy. Fixes accuracy, comes out balls out. Oh, but he's not a true passer. Like he's, you know, he's he has to work outside of the pocket, stands in the pocket, makes plays. Oh, but it's like no, shut up. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, man. Uh, before I get into it, Lauren, I mean, what do you think about this BS, man? 
I mean, clearly they figured him out. No, so for so for reference sake for Eric, uh, I'm always being sarcastic because we always come on, we always do the pot after Lamar's thrown after Lamar's thrown for like 300 yards and three touchdowns and rush for like 100 yards and two touchdowns and like absolutely dismantle the team and then uh, you know so I always jokingly say they figured him out. No, yeah, I saw the tweet you're talking about. Mina Kimes is the 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 ESPN's reporter who stood up for him and said. Why do we keep goalposts moving for Lamar? I listened to her whole video. She had a she had a good rant. She said it's always like, oh no, he can't he can't stand at the pocket and throw a pass. And it's like he's leading. He's like he's got he's averaging like three hundred passing yards right now and like three touchdowns a game. It's like, oh no, he can't he can't throw the run or he can't do this. He can't do that. It's always like she's like the, she said the goalpost is now in the stands at this point. We keep setting. We keep trying to go. Why can't why can't he do this or what can he do? We keep trying to put limits and. Boundaries on him, man. Just let the young man ball. Like, that's all he does. Just let him do him. Quit trying to put these restraints on him on what you think he needs to be and what he not needs to be. He goes out there and proves everybody wrong every single week. Every single week. He proved my my, my dumb ass wrong last week. So, you know, it's just, you know, I, I bet against him. And he, and they show, he showed up and they they stomped, they stomped out the, the Chargers, who I thought were one of the best, better teams in the in the NFL right now. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of earlier, if you listen to back on the other podcast, I said, you know, I'm sure he can keep this up because it's early in the season, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Lamar. I, I was referencing that he, but if he can keep it up as high as body keeps up, you know, because he keeps having to do everything. But I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. It looks like his receivers are figuring out how to catch passes. Looks like you know the he's making you know the the two running back Simons and Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell are working out well. So it looks like the guys that the the players that need to step up are, I guess, is what I'm saying around him. And then on top of that, he's just being incredible. So there's. So, so the league hasn't figured Lamar out, and I think he's going to continue to ball. And I think this is going to speculation like this is going to keep happening because it's a hot take, and you know people want the clicks, and especially like ESPN, um, they want the they 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 keep having to try to move the goalposts, like Mina said perfectly, because that's what it was, right? I always kept being like, man, why is he always in the news? And then she said that the word per, the phrase perfectly, we keep moving the goalposts on him. You know, like why isn't he pa- why isn't he passed for six hundred yards and six touchdowns yet? You know, like is he ever gonna do that? Like, no, he's not. So he's not elite. Clearly, yeah, like, you know, just these unrealistic, ungoal, unrealistic expectations on the young man. That's consistently all he's done is win. All he's done is win, and people just people are just like, um, no, he's not good enough yet. And it's like, to to what do you mean? Like, watch watch what he's doing. So to me, at this point, they're just trying to find any reason to to get like or clicks and and get story talk. But Mina Mina properly put whoever it was that said that. Um, if you can find it, Mina Kimes on Twitter, uh, her 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 rant. It was it was really well said and really well spoken by her. But uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous at this point, and it's probably going to keep happening and keep, until he goes and wins a Super Bowl. Honestly, they're going to keep trying to move the goalposts. They're going to keep talking. You know, he's 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 been in the league for two years, and he already has an MVP. Like, yeah, what more? Like this this young man has all he's done is ball. So it's just. It's ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous and old at this point. Lamar, the the Lamar slander and the goalpost moving is just. It's just. I'm I'm done with it. I'm done and over with it. They're they're morons. They're stupid. Uh, but I'll pass it over to AJ because I know he's got some some real nice some, some real nice thoughts. No, actually, I'm I'm good. That you guys pretty much said everything I was going to say. I, I just I um I wonder whether he could be considered uh one of the all times greats if he hasn't kicked a field goal yet. Um, so like you know he should get on that. Um. And if it's not at least 35 yards, like it's got to be better than Doug Flutie because he was the other quarterback to kick field goals. And it's got to be a drop kick too. And if it's not a drop kick, then it doesn't count. No place kick. I was just going to say that. Yep. Nope. It's got to be a drop kick. 
but yeah, so know, I, I think if he doesn't add that to his resume, Jay, he's he can't he can't make he can't make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, they, ever they be considered great. They can't let him in. Got to keep him out. He doesn't get he doesn't get the Super Bowl ring if he can't if he can't score the field goal in the Super Bowl. That's what he has to exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly what it is. And at the same time, if he does make that field goal, then I expect him to to uh, punt and make it a coffin corner punt inside the tank. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you expect him to punt and then be back there and return it. He better make the tackle, like, too. <laughs> be on the kickoff unit. So pretty much we need Lamar. What we're saying, Lamar, is you need to start, like, you need to play every position Not a and, like, be a pro ball at it. Yeah. So, like, I just can't wait for him to start at left tackle next and uh, make sure, you know, he goes against, like, doesn't give up a sack against TJ Watt. You know, can't give up any sacks out here. Oh, my God. Such a such a mess, man. Whatever. I hate ESPN. This is why we started the podcast. Fuck those guys. Yeah, it is why we started the podcast. <laughs> I'm very passionate. <laughs> I'm super passionate about this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, real quick, I want to because because um, things are heating up here in the MOB playoffs. Um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, do we have? It's not the we we don't have the. What would you just see, Lauren? We're here live right now, and Lauren just saw something nuts I, saw, I can tell so i was keeping tabs on the games I, I was keeping tabs on the games i don't know aj if you uh if you had the game open at all but the braves are beating the dodgers uh uh, uh five to two and then it looks like uh bellinger just hit a grand slam to tie it five five in the bottom of the eighth um so it, it's a three-run shot it's not a grand slam Oh, it was a three-run shot? Okay, yeah. yeah, oops, did my math wrong. And so a uh, three-run shot to tie it in the bottom of the eighth. So we got ourselves a game out there. Yeah, and it's about time because I think the story for the Dodgers so far in this play in the ALCS is, uh, you know, they've basically just gone silent. Their bats have just not shown up. Uh, so it's – it's uh, um, I did I – I have the Dodgers game up here, so I, I did get to see the home run. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's a home run. It's, a, it's not coming back. Um, but, um, yeah, pitcher left the ball in the upper, upper part of the plate there and he just put it out, put it out to right field. So, um, but in any case, the, uh, that's been the story with the AC, ALCS that series, uh, Atlanta leads two to nothing. Um, but, uh, looks like, uh, the Dodgers are here are threatening here. Um, so, um, so we've got an exciting series there. Uh, hopefully they'll pull off a win here and make it even more exciting. Um, across the, across the way, um, you have the, uh, Boston Red Sox taking on the Houston Astros. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, just for the past two games, have been playing out of their mind. Uh, they have hit three grand slams uh, within 13 innings of each other. Uh, three. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I don't know how much you follow baseball, but you never see grand slams. Uh, grand slams occur when the bases are loaded and someone hits a home run. It's the most amount of points you can score in a single play in baseball, uh, and it's extremely exciting to see. Uh, it was great to see. Shout out to uh, former national Kyle, uh, Kyle Schwarber hitting one out uh, yesterday. Um, just a huge bomb, uh, off the outer, outer part of the plate. Um, and the Houston Astros, uh, their pitching is just getting hammered right now. Um, that's the story of them. It's a good thing for them that they took the first game because if not, uh, I, I think it, you know, it, they, they wouldn't, uh, they, they would be quite in, in quite a bit of a pickle at this point. Um, but that series, uh, two, one Boston's Boston's winning, um, that series too. Um, hopefully the Astros can make it even tighter. I, I like to see close series. So. I know here on the podcast we're all just kind of we're kind of rooting for the Dodgers to pull this out. Um, I think unanimously that's who we're rooting for. Um, I think I think it is. They, we we do want to we do love to see the Dodgers uh, win this series, but uh, they're they're playing from behind, so they better step up. You heard it here first, Dodgers. Get your get your shit together, guys. 
All right. Well, we're looking forward now at this point to uh, to week seven of the NFL. And uh, we got a couple, you know, we got some good matchups going on here. A lot oh, of hold teams on, hold going on, on. Hold on, hold on. Hold up. What? What's up? We didn't talk about we didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I did not even let's talk about this shit, bro. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me get the notes for this stupid <laughs> article that I had to share with the guys that I came across. <laughs> Let me read you the headline. <clears throat> this is this was on Draft Diamonds, and it was written by the inscrutable Daniel Kelly, who is an ex-New York Jets scout when, in, during the Bill Parcells area. Not that I'm geodating him or anything. And he's also he's now a beat writer for for probably probably one of the one of the best teams we've ever seen this year. The Detroit fucking Lions. Mm. Listen to this shit, man. And I quote Is Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers spiraling out of control? Now, this all comes because, well, you clutch your pearls. Don't let a player have any personality. Don't don't let them, you know, talk any facts or have a personality or mind of their own. Like, we don't – that's unacceptable here. Like, we all we, – we want everybody to just be cardboard cutouts and, you know, just – you can't even talk on the field. Just walk – you're a robot, my guy. Uh, so don't even talk, you know. Um <laughs> here's my favorite paragraph on the whole goddamn article sorry the whole gosh darn article rogers is not coming off like someone who has been experiencing personal growth and insight either as he was as he has suggested rogers is acting like someone who is out of control and he is acting like someone who is devolving rapidly now, i don't know about y'all but if i had zach wilson if Zach Wilson was able to win us a game against the New England Patriots and say, I own you, I've always owned you, and someone got that on camera, I am retweeting that video and pinning it to my to my Twitter for the rest of my – that is epic. So for this guy to write this – and then he, I think he, at one point in the article he quotes like CTE or he's like, maybe he has CTE. Like, are you, are you, are you an imbecile? Like, sorry. So he yeah. has – AJ, get it, me it, off this mic. It's it's unhinged, man. This this article is ridiculous. I can't believe they published it. It's like so the, so like just to set up set the stage a little bit more for you guys. This past week, uh, Chicago, uh, the Chicago the yeah Chicago Bears played the Green Bay Packers. That's a rivalry game. It's a huge rivalry. It's historic. It's like been in the league for like a hundred hundred years, and uh, so like obviously ten, tempers are going to run high and. Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown and was celebrating. And uh, the story that he tells, I mean, who knows if this is true or not, but he saw somebody flipping him off in the stands. And that's why he, so he, he, that's why he screamed, I own you. I still own you. I've owned you my whole life or whatever, right? So he's just talking. He's like just talking trash. And he's not even like talking to another player. He's just like screaming it out after he scored a touchdown. Like, and for, for that, we get an article, uh, this completely unhinged article asking, sincerely asking whether he's spiraling out of control that speculates on whether or not he's got CTE. Like, are you kidding me? Like, who is this guy? This Daniel Kelly guy? He's like, I'm, I'm bit one of Aaron Rodgers' biggest, biggest critics. Like, come on, man, get out of here. Get, take, take this. Take, who, who are you? Do you think you're some sort of like doctor that you can like speculate? He compares him to Aaron Hernandez for, for Christ's sakes. Aaron Hernandez is the, is the former Patriots tight end who went to jail for murder uh, and, and killed himself in prison, and la- was later discovered he had CTE stage three. 
Like, that's who you're comparing Aaron Rodgers to in an article? Like, who's your editors, bro? Like, come on, dog. Like, this this is just this, this is nonsense. Mr. Kelly, uh, I, I do appreciate you providing the entertainment value. I, I'll put, I'll, I will say that, uh, but kindly take yourself, take yourself and go sit down somewhere. Yeah. So it's just, it's just all wild. AJ to, to uh, back you up on, you didn't know if there, if someone flicking them off photo surface that there were like eight to like, to like 16 people just flipping him the bird. Uh, Aaron Rodgers today on the Pat McAfee show. You I didn't plan on telling me. the crowd I own them. No, yeah, seriously, I'll find the photos for him later and send it to the group chat. But Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show today. I didn't plan on telling the crowd I own them. I know I used uh, used used a few times, but I don't feel like I know I used it a few times, but I know it's a we thing. It was definitely spur of the moment, but I don't regret it at all. He said, "Are we are we getting that soft as a society where we can't have a back and forth now? Somebody can somebody can pay for tickets, say whatever the hell they want to say, which they should be able to. But the one time I say something back, I'm disrespected. I'm, I disrespected an entire city and organization. You know, he just you know when when I have a dud game, this is all Aaron Rodgers quotes by the way today on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, when I have a dud game, I don't have passion. But when I make a statement after a touchdown, I'm not a sportsman. If the player abides by the rules of the game, he's part of the game. When you live above the game, the game does not exist, and that's where I'm at. So he's just out here. Uh, he's just out here, just telling how he really feels. You know, I, I love that whole statement. Are we that so soft, soft in society where where we can't have a back and forth? Where they they flicked him off, and he he you know he could uh, and he said to them, "I own you." That's all he said. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing like about their moms. He didn't say nothing about like where they're from. He didn't say nothing. He just said, I own you, which he does. Like, that's the other thing, right? Like he went, where, like you got, you, do you have a beat there? You've beaten Aaron Rodgers like maybe three times in the past, like 15 years, he's been their quarterback. Like, like it's a rarity. He ever, in, in the times to pick Green Bay probably lost to Aaron Rodgers was either hurt or didn't play. So it's just like he, everything he said was right. You know, and, it, the pro, uh, yeah, he just it, it was it, that article was just completely, uh, just non nonsense. Was just the dude getting likes, you know? I mean, clicks. That's all that was for me was clickbait. All he wanted to do was get someone to click on his article and read how 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 horrible it was. I'm with AJ, and I don't know how that got. The editor was like, "Oh yeah," people were like, "Oh yeah, that's that works. That's great," you know. So it's just it's just dumb and it's nonsense. Aaron's fine. He's just having a little fun and people just people are just taking it too seriously so you know and the other the other reason they're so bad is because he was right he was right they flipped him the bird and he was like bitch i own you and they they they, they were like damn you know what i mean they were, he was like scoreboard and he was like all time all time record against the bears so yeah no uh, it's just the, that article was complete nonsense and just it was just clickbait what are your final thoughts eric oh man for the record Aaron Rodgers is twenty-one and five against the Bears. Ooh. <laughs> Let that soak in, bro. Mm. <laughs> twenty-one and so, five. I think if I if you look up the Chicago Bears Wikipedia page right now, I think under owners it has Aaron Rodgers on there as well. Oh wait, let me check real quick. Uh-huh. Oh, yep, there it is. There it is. Yep. Owner Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Yeah. Aaron my favorite. Rogers, my favorite. Take on that one was the uh, was the tweet that said Green Bay Packers publicly owned, uh, Chicago Bears privately owned. Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, that guy won Twitter for that day. Yep, yep. That's the one. That's the tweet of the tweet of the month right there. Man, it's don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. The Go Deep podcast is here for one thing, and if not one thing only, absolutely just demolishing and roasting the hell out of awful takes. Because <laughs> we eat that stuff for breakfast. God, God that's, awful. That's the Go Deep guarantee. Yep, that's that's the seal of approval right there. Seal of approval. Oh man. Well now now we can now we can move forward and look ahead to week seven now that the Bears know that they don't have to worry about their father coming into town and spanking them again. Uh, <laughs> we'll start this week off with yet again my New York Jets playing the New England Patriots. I, I will say it, it the like our bye week last week felt like the first time we haven't lost in a bye week in a long time because um, so the Panthers lost. So second round picks going up. Thank you, Sam Darnold. Uh, Seahawks lost first round pick going up. Thank you, Geno Smith. If you guys notice, both of those are ex Jets quarterbacks. Uh, Dolphins lost, Bills lost, and Patriots lost. So we have an opportunity to come into second in the AFC East if we pull a win. Ah, silver lining Ooh. there. I will say, however, I don't have us beating the Patriots. I think Belichick is just going to outcoach uh, Sala and LaFleur because LaFleur can't, can't offensively play call himself out of a wet paper bag. Um, we need to get touches <laughs> to Elijah Moore. Uh, we need to help out our defense, who's outperforming what I would have ever dreamt of. Um, our defensive line is absolutely insane, and our young cornerbacks are holding their own. I just, LaFleur, you need to do something, man. Rondale Moore is out here getting fed. Kadarius Tony is out here getting fed. Rashad Bateman made three or two or three wonderful catches. His first game out of IR, having missed like the entire season, and they're already implementing him into the offense. Please, I beg of you, get Elijah Moore more touches. Jamison Crowder is a great wide receiver. He's fantastic. Corey Davis is he's going to be around for a long time. Please, please, Elijah Moore. Guys, who do you got? AJ, who are you picking this week? Yeah, you know, I think the smart money's probably on on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, although I what, I what I what I will say with that with that defense that sort of has outperformed the, that that Patriots unit is is by is is far from perfect. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets uh, to, to see the Jets do something on that one. Um, I, I'm interested to hear what the spread is on that on that game. Actually, uh, Lauren, you got that information for us? Yes, I do. The spread is my only minus seven uh, for the uh, for that for the in favor of the of New England. So the, they're kind of thinking it's going to be a closer game than just a blowout. Um, the money line to minus three thirty for towards New England as well. And the over under is forty three points, but I th- I'm leaning towards New England as well. I think I I don't think I picked the Jets last time New England played them, but didn't he throw? Didn't your quarterback throw like four picks last time he played yeah. this defense? We don't talk about that. Sorry, not to remind you. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, anyway, yeah, we don't talk about that anyway. That's on me. Um. So, yeah, no, I think I'm going to lead towards New England just uh, as, as well, and that's my pick for this week. But Yeah, division division, division rival games, though, I would bet I would bet against that spread. I, I, I bet that it's closer game than seven points. Your defense yeah. show, if the defense shows up and plays well like it's been, you know, they, they might, you know, we'll see. You know what? This will be a good, I feel like a good measuring stick for how much did they learn the first time around, right? Yeah. For me, that's what I want to know of this coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, like what did they see the first time around and go, okay, 
what can we do differently and where can we improve? And they've had up a whole bye week to play and game plan for them. Yeah. So, you know, it might be, and your defense is legit. Like your defense plays really well. You know, I, I most of the season, I, when I checked the, check the scores at halftime, I can't believe you're only down like, you know, like I think against the Patriots game, you guys are only down like 13 at the half, I think, or, you know, you guys yeah, are only down crazy. like nine. At, or, yeah. Yeah. They're only down like a couple points at the half. And I was like, that's insane for him throwing three picks. So like your defense mm-hmm. plays up to snuff is can you, can the offense find, uh, find the end zone? So that'll, I think that'll be the key there. Yeah. Lauren, actually, Lauren, you actually said one of the, like one of the most, um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, like amazing and interesting things. I didn't even think about was like, yo, how, how are these, how are these first time coaches like our offensive defensive and head coach? Um, how are they going to take the spanking that we had like week one and, you know, learn from that, evolve from that, change their game plan from that, and handle these divisional rivalries. So, man, some—that's a good take. I mean, I, I'm that—that that idea alone, I'm excited to look forward to, just to see what the coaches can bring on, bring to the table. Are they thinking ahead? Are they, you know, are they evolving in their thinking, or are we? Are they going to be one track mind? So, it'll be fun to watch. The one thing I'll add is that I think uh, if you, I don't know if you guys watched that Alex Collins uh, YouTube clip I sent you guys earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, but he breaks down that first game against the Patriots uh, that they played, and he points mm-hmm. out that Bill Belichick didn't really do a whole lot of um, like disguising of blitz. He didn't do his whole like crafty Bill Belichick thing. He just had his defense go out and execute, and that was enough to to really disrupt um, the Jets quarterback. So I think um, I think in this case, like it would be interesting to see how how the quarterback. Uh, what's his name? Is, is it Trey Lance for that, that went to the Jets? I always forget. Oh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Sorry, Zach, that's right. Zach Wilson. I was. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how Zach Williams adjusts, uh, and you know, to see how he's progressed in this in the past couple of weeks between between these games because I think yeah. he's made some strides. Uh, that uh, you know, I, I think he's made some strides, and I, so it'll be a different game. Well, Sunday we will find out. Now another game that's um, that's on the docket is the Washington football team against the Green Bay Packers. We were just talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, Rodgers is going to do Rodgers things. You guys are going up against Devontae Adams. I'm actually kind of excited to see if y'all match up um, William Jackson at all against Devontae Adams. Um, it's because, I don't know. I think Jackson's been having a sleepy good year. But um, Heineke's been having a sleepy bad year. and uh, Well, bad couple games, I'll say. Uh, but McLaurin's been... Lights out, man. That guy's an absolute monster. Lauren, how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, I got you. The, so it looks like here the Green Bay's the favorite by minus 10, um, and the money line's minus 450. So they think the Green Bay's going to shellack us. And uh, based off last week's performance, I don't tend to disagree with them. Um, I don't, I don't, this, you know, I think the Chiefs were around, the Chiefs, I think, were at minus seven or right around maybe minus 10 as well, like in that range. And I was like, eh. Game might be a little closer than that, and then nope, boy was I wrong. Um, so I've I've got uh no confidence in our secondary. I've got a lot of confidence in Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams and that connection. Uh, I've got a lot of confidence in Aaron Rodgers rolling left and throwing for uh for a seventy yard bomb for a touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers rolling uh right for a seventy yard bomb and a touchdown. Landon Collins looking confused. Um, so you know, in our defensive, everybody just looking at each other with their hands up. So I think it'll be a I think it'll be a shellacking. Taylor Heineke. Has Dave, Dave, uh, <laughs> the NFL has yet to figure out Lamar Jackson. I think the NFL has kind of figured out Taylor Heineke at this point. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm very sarcastic. Uh, but I mean by that is, you know, I think these kind of past two weeks have been an indication that um, they kind of, they're kind of, uh, 
kind of figuring out, making him stay in the pocket, make throws. They don't think he has a cannon, so he, he they, they're trying to make him, you know, stand tall in the pocket. I, I think Taylor's strength is his elusiveness, and if they can kind of limit the other teams, can limit that, his elusiveness to try to create plays, then his, his flaws really kind of show. So I, I think that Green Bay rolls – I think Green Bay rolls us. I had us losing the Kansas City game before the season. I had us losing this one. So, you know, the record I had kind of had was was right around what we are right now, so it doesn't really surprise me. The biggest thing for me is is this, is it competitive? I guess yeah, right. Like, I can take a I could I could take a twenty to thirty loss on a last second field goal by Green Bay. That to me goes okay. We showed up and we played our guts out. But if they beat the the bricks off us and it's thirty six to thirteen again or whatever thirty two to thirteen again, whatever last week was, that's that's when it's a little bit more like all right, fellas. Some some's not something in the coach because I know we have talent. Some's in the coaching room's not right. There's so, something here like. But it is Aaron Rodgers, and then again, and we just talked about him owning the Bears, and so um, I, you know, he can always just he makes most teams look stupid anyway. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if we we'll see we'll see how we bounce back after the loss. But I I'd say I'd say that probably Green Bay beats us by ten points at least, just based off last week alone. They I've got I've got no faith in that secondary and Devontae Adams. I bet Devontae Adams has two touchdowns and probably over a hundred yards receiving. So what about you, AJ? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think I, I I at times during this year we've seen uh, the Washington football team offense uh, show up and and you know do some pretty special things. Um, I think t- my evaluation of Taylor Heineke is a little bit more mixed. I think uh, I don't think he's necessarily like making a whole ton of a whole lot of bad decisions when he's not under pressure in the pocket. I think he just can't throw the. I think he's failed to execute. There's been a lot of balls that he's been throwing behind people. Um, uh, you know, just and his timings off, uh, or at least for the past couple of games, it has been. Um, and so I think that's really more of his problem, in, in my opinion. Um, he's just got to step up and, and use his arm to make the throws correctly. Um, I like his looseness, I, and I think that it's it's it, it serves as a credit to him. Um, but he's, I think he's also still still kind of learning the game and in the, in the you know the pro game and everything. Um, so I don't know. He could turn out. He could still turn out to be that that kid that uh, you know helped almost helped us beat the uh the bucks in the playoffs last year but then again he could be what he was last week and uh show up and lay an egg in the second half like like they did um that's the other thing with this team is that it's it's just completely inconsistent play um particularly on the offense sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't when they show up we got a shot when they don't we don't um you know i think the defense performed fairly well against pat uh, against patrick mahomes last week um you know, and the fact that the foot, the the offense couldn't generate any sort of sustained drive in the second half, you know, you leave your you leave your defense out on the on the field during the second half, and that's you know stuff's going to happen. You're going to other teams going to score points. Um, and look, Pat Mahomes is also ridiculous. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, throw he made last week uh, where he's like rolling to his right and just like I don't know how he makes this throw, but like flicks it literally across the field and gets to the other hat the opposite hash yep. like to Tyreek Hill like that across is the most his body easy. too. I've only ever seen throws made like that in Madden. Like that's not something you should be able to do as a human being. Uh, it was like it's just ridiculous. Like and I was, it was, I was so crazy because like the play broke down. We had pressure on Pat Mahomes. I was like, oh man, we might get him. And then he throws it like in the opposite direction. You're just like, how? But anyway, so when you got Pat Mahomes, I mean, you can't really stop that. But but uh, um, as far as this week's concerned, I think um, the other thing that I wanted to add to Lauren's ass- dismal assessment, uh, which which I share by the way. Uh, is that um, in the in a, a breakdown of of a different breakdown I was watching of that 
um, Green Bay game, one of the things that um, Alex Collins pointed out was that in that Green Bay game, what Sean Payton did to in order to sort of disrupt Aaron Rodgers uh, was disguise a lot of coverages. Um, and that's one of the things that the Washington football team does not do. Um, so I expect I would expect uh, Aaron to dice us up. And, um, you know, unless unless the defensive line is able to somehow get in his face immediately every single play, which seems unrealistic, even for a talented defensive line like ours. So. Um, so, yeah, I share Lawrence's assessment. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bloodbath, probably. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that stuck with me um, is when Lauren said, well, I, I think it was Lauren. Um, is if your offense shows up and you and they're like efficient with the ball and you're able to get points and follow the heap rule and like not leave points on the field, um, you're helping your defense out. I mean, last week in the first half, you guys what had like an interception and a fumble, and then I think you might have had like a second interception at one point or something like that. Um, I mean, your defense did what it could against the Chiefs' offense. That's just, I mean, they're prolific, right? It's just a matter of can can Heineke get the ball into his playmaker's hands? And I, an interesting thing to watch this week will be, you know, the availability of Antonio Gibson. Is he going to be able to be suit up or not? Because, I mean, I got nothing against J.D. McKissick. He's a fantastic player. Um, but I think the combination of McKissick and Patterson against, you know, someone like Green Bay is probably not going to cut it because um, you're not going to be able to run the ball. And I feel like Heineke needs the ball to be run efficiently in order to be efficient because you need to respect the run game a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. I, it, something about this week tells you that you guys are going to eke out a win. Get Like maybe Dustin Hopkins will just super leg it and get you guys a win by three is what I'm going whoa, with. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that, is that a hot take? Are you saying the Washington football team will beat the Green Bay Packers that's, this week, Eric? That's right. Stamp that. Take it to the house. <laughs> take it to the house. It, All right, it. that's a see. I didn't. Th- I didn't see you going that way. I already marked you down for Green Bay winning it. Right, Eric, look at you. Look at you. I'm gonna have some got to faith go back in into my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have some faith for y'all, man. Come on. I, I just want to disagree slightly with your with your assessment of JD McKissick. Uh, he's actually a sleeper fantasy pick for me, uh, and I'll say this, especially if you're in a PPR league. Uh, he's a great pass catching running back, and. Uh, he has a hundred yard, a hundred game, a hundred yard all purpose game already once under his belt uh, this year. So I, I, I wouldn't count him out as a, as a, you know, he's not as, he's not as fast as Antonio Gibson. He's not as strong, but he's, he is still a good back. So I would. I think, and, and I think in a, I think in a shootout like this, I think if it's going to be a shootout with Green Bay and a running match, I think, and with Gibson hurt, I think they're going to have to turn to JD Moore coming out of the backfield to catch passes. So, and, and I think what we need to do is AJ might be able to, I just thought of this is we need to run more of those plays where we like clear everybody out on the right side or the left side and then JD leaks out, you know, and then he takes <laughs> off up the field. Like we used to do, we did that a lot last year and we did it, we did it against Atlanta what, a couple of times, but like we haven't, I haven't really seen it as, well, you know, I remember specifically like late in last year's run when we made the playoffs, like we would just, we would have like three guys lined up on the right. We just clear everybody out and then JD yeah. would leak out and then he'd take it for like, you know, 15 yards or, or take it to the house, you know. It's it's just going to be an interesting game. We're banged up in a lot of positions in a lot of areas. You know, the lack of Curtis Samuel's killing us. The lack of Logan Thomas is killing us. Right. You know, uh, 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 Gibson hasn't been healthy. I, I think since the first game. You know, he's had a shin issue, so who knows if he gets shut down? So I mean, that does, I mean that plays into it too. 
and honestly, and people don't even people keep forgetting that like because of how impressive Heineke was um, in that playoff game, they, he's our second string quarterback. We we lost our starter, the guy who was supposed to be the one leading the team and supposed to be playing well. We're playing with the second stringer, right. and so like he has, he's sure he's had flashes, but at the same time, like we're 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 also playing we're playing down a little bit. So we're playing. You guys have up, a chance to but. get Fitzpatrick back in a couple weeks now. He have yeah he's been at the facility rehabbing uh, from what I've heard and um, he hasn't been around the team as much but yeah I think this would be the sixth I think it was a six to eight week recovery timetable and this is this is the seventh week I think so um, right yeah right about that so you know we haven't heard anything he's still he's still going through the rehab process but I mean he's almost forty with a bad hip in the NFL so in the NFL where you got to be mobile. So we'll see. We'll see where he's at. the The latest I heard this morning, um, or the uh, yeah, the latest I heard this morning was that he's in the facility just rehabbing. But that's it. He hasn't taken on on the field and done anything yet. So the problem with hip injuries is they're not like a, I don't know, strained hamstring or like like they're not like a broken like it's a hip. Like you have to like you just have to let it heal. You can't like set it or like you know really do too much with it. You just gotta let it do its thing. So however long it takes the hit to to heal. We'll get his ancient self a life alert. He'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) My leg. Yeah, it's going to turn into that guy by week 10. My leg. Oh. Now, um, local games, we got the Ravens against the Bengals. This is going to be a fun game. Um, I feel like Joe Burrow came back from a torn, like a brutal ACL tear last year. Um, I think he's having a good year. Him and Jamar Chase are, like, that connection is untouchable. Jamar Chase is on pace probably to be offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think he's got a touchdown. He's got six touchdown catches in six games. Like, kid is going off. Uh, but then you got Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar showed me anything, especially after that decisive win against uh, Los Angeles last week, it's that that team can legit still go. And they are, I mean, they've got injury after injury. Ronnie Staley, their starting left tackle, is shut down for the season. He's having uh, he's having surgery on something. I think like an ankle or something like that. So he's it's done for ankle, the year. Yeah, it's an ankle. Um, I still, I mean, as long as Lamar Jackson's back there, I got to give it to him. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be a shootout though, because um, that the the Ravens defense is they're kind of like the Jets in the sense that they're overperforming for what they have. Um, they're not great in the pass. And, like passing defense, but they do enough, and Lamar can just put the team on his back. Um, so I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout, high scoring game. Um, but I'm still taking the Ravens. Got to go. I got to root for Lamar. So AJ, what you got? I'm taking the Ravens too. Um, I'd be interested here with the spread, what people think the spread's going to be, but uh, or what Vegas thinks the spread should, should be. Uh, but uh, no, nah, I think that I think the Ravens are most likely the Ravens are going to dominate on on pretty much every phase. Um, in my opinion, I, I would expect it to be not close. Um, I don't not because I, I thought it was a divisional game, so it might not be might not be a thrashing, but it's just hard to you know to have seen what Lamar's done with the last couple of games where he's just you know he gets this touch he gets the studies when he needs them, and I, I just don't see the Bengals stopping that. Um, but it's a divisional game, so you know who knows who knows who knows what uh, what could happen. Um, Lauren, what's the spread? Yeah, the spread is minus six in favor of the Ravens. Money line's 280, and the over-under is 47. Um, I like the spread. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I like the. I think the Baltimore – I'm not betting against Baltimore. I've got them. 
but I, I I also like Cincinnati. I think they're they're for real. Joe like Lamar's got it, whatever it is, and a player you need. But I think Joe Burrow's got it as well. And I think they're gonna walk in both kind of held held uh, heads held high and ready to like just just like light the field up. So I think it'll I think it'll be a um I think it'll be a high scoring affair. So I like the over in that as well. But uh, I think I think I think Baltimore pulls it out. Lamar just Lamar. I you know I I bet against him. He's the hot. They're the hot team right now. They're the hot hand. Lamar's playing unreal. Um, it doesn't seem like it doesn't matter who they who who they seem to be losing at this point. They probably just picked up another running back while I was living on the street, you know, yesterday, and he'll probably come in and go off. So like you know, they lost the lost the left tackle, but that's fine. They got someone somewhere who could, probably got an assistant coach somewhere who's going to fill in at left tackle, and Lamar will just take it from there. So. We'll see. Yeah, J- t- yeah, Jamar Chase. Uh, but that connection, like Eric was uh, uh, talking about, to Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is real. That's a real connection. He probably will an offensive rookie of the year. He's got five touchdowns in six games, going on to seven. Oh, over over 550 yards receiving at this point. So he's on pace for a 10 touchdown rookie season with over a thousand yards receiving, which is just un- unreal um, for a rookie receiver. So. He's like, he's having a great season. Joe Mixon is a stud. I love, I love watching him play. You know, he came out of OU. Thanks so forward. we'll see. Um, we'll see. They, the, I, but I've got the Ravens taking it. The spread, um, I, I, you know, it's going to be closer, I think, than six. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Um, but I, I definitely think it's probably going to be a high scoring game. So we'll see. I think I'd, I'd take the spread. I, th- I, I like that spread. I think that's probably going to be like minus six. Yeah. I think yeah, the Ravens I, will win by a touchdown or more, in my opinion. I would take that too, honestly. <clears throat> Someone said the that the uh, the 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 Ravens trio of uh, Freeman, Murray, and and Bell is called the ge- geriatric geriatric three, and that apparently all their fantasy football points are coming out of their four hundred one ks and retirement plans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it's last last week's game sucked for me because like those all three of them were absolutely eating, and then Lamar Jackson gave me like thirteen points after giving me fifty nine the week before. So fifty nine, yeah, it was absurd, bro. Oh lord. Um, no, so funny size bars. I wonder how many. I wonder how many uh, uh, leagues Derrick Henry won for people last night, scoring some like forty points oh in fantasy, God. some like wild number like that. I knew someone who was down 40 and he scored 36 for, you know, yep. he lost, he still lost by four, but, that, but I mean, 36, that was just insane. Anyway, moving on. What's the next on the slate? <laughs> now, next on the slate, let's talk Chiefs Titans. Um, Kansas City had a, had, as Lauren put it last week, a get right game against Washington. Um, as much as we hate to see it, but they got, they got a little right. I mean, they got a little hurt too, but, um, It'll be interesting to see if they can carry that momentum against the scrappy Titans team that pulled out a random win against the Bills. I thought the Bills were going to manhandle the Titans, I'll be honest. And um, it was a fun game. I mean, what was it, AJ? Seven seven lead changes? Six lead changes? Something like that? Seven lead changes. That's insane. That is nuts. I will say the Jets beat the Titans and the Titans beat the Bills and the Bills beat the Chiefs. So the Jets are the 2021 NFL Super Bowl champions. I will say that we're undefeated. Best team, <laughs> best team in the league. You heard it. We're, we're not sponsored by Sportsmax yet. But you know, you'll see me on <laughs> Yeah, we got um, to take our operation over to uh, Draft Diamonds. <laughs> the, official, the official podcast for Draft Diamonds. 
You're going to get Daniel Kelly on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, you know, the Titans pulled out a hell of a win against the Bills. They they came out, they played tough defense. Um, they stimmied Josh Allen as best they could. Um, I think they just made the plays that they needed to in terms of the turnovers, um, which is what won them the game. But I don't think, I don't think they can stop the Chiefs. I mean, when you got your quarterback making cross body, cross field throws on a on a line to an open wide receiver, I mean, I don't think they can beat the Chiefs. Um, but AJ, who you got this week? I definitely have the Titans, especially after witnessing that uh, legendary performance uh, yesterday. Uh, Derrick Henry out here, like I think he had like 160 yards, three touchdowns, uh, including one play where it just like sort of defied everyone's sense of reality. Um, you know, we saw we saw him uh, basically uh, choose a choose a gap uh, between a wide receiver blocking and the uh, and the rest of the line, makes one cut bounces it upfield and just outruns everybody. Uh, this is a 6'3", 250-pound man. Uh, I, I just – it's unbelievable. He clocked the fastest run in the uh, in the league yesterday uh, at 21 miles an hour, uh, almost – I think 21.9 miles an hour, so almost 22 miles an hour. Uh, there are Olympic sprinters who run that fast, but not many of them. Um, so I, I just – I, I got I to gotta go with the Titans on this one. Um, you know, I think that run game is punishing – um, and I, I don't think that the Chiefs defense is any good, uh, despite, uh, you know, how they, uh, you know, appeared to show up in the second half of the Washington game. Um, so, so yeah, I have to, I have to say that, um, particularly when you, you know, Julio Jones is questionable to return this week, uh, but they still have AJ Brown and, uh, uh, you know, he proved, I think they've, he's done enough to prove that he can be enough, uh, for now. Uh, speaking of, speaking of Julio Jones, just want to shout out that amazing catch that, uh, that he had last week. That was really cool. Uh, where uh, Tannehill throws the ball down the field and uh, the defender, pass interference, doesn't turn around for the ball. Ball hits him in the back of the helmet, pops up 20 feet in the air, and Julio Jones makes a diving catch just in bounds. One of the most insane things I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, I am sticking with the Titans on this one, guys. Uh, Lauren, what's the spread? Hot take, hot take. Uh, the spread right now is minus uh, five and a half, so six uh, in Kansas City's favor. What's wild, what's wild about that is that um, they are playing in Nashville, so the Titans are home are home are home dogs to the to the Chiefs. Okay. At, uh, the money line's plus two hundred five there, so if you lay a hundred, you come out uh, for the Tennessee and Tennessee wins. You'll come out with two hundred and five bucks as your payout. But you know, it's interesting. I was sitting here thinking about it and watching. You know, watching last night's game. Uh, uh, Tennessee was able to hang up 30, 34 on uh, that Bills defense. And the Bills, uh, the Bills, I considered the best in the league. And I kind of, and I, so I was sitting here thinking about it. And they might not have Julio, but, it, you know, it's early in the week right now. He can rehab. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he's, he's a non factor, but at least he's still a threat. But I kind of think that uh, Tennessee can do enough to keep up with Kansas City. Uh, I think Tennessee can do enough to keep up with Kansas City. Tack that on with their running game. I think they're, the the formula you always hear to beat Pat Mahomes is don't have have them on the field. You know, run the ball effectively, and I think that's what they'll be able to do. I think they'll be able to. I think that I think it'll be a shootout. Uh, that's Vegas thinks it's going to be a shootout too. The over under is fifty seven. Um, I think I think after they scored thirty four, it'll be a, kind of a high scoring affair. I think I think Tennessee's going to actually. I think Tennessee's just going to come out established to run. Honestly, I do. I think they're just going to start pounding it down, pounding it down the Chiefs Chiefs throat. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm honestly leaning towards Tennessee as well. Yeah. So both, so Ooh. bet against the spread and for, uh, 
and for the Titans to win. So, Zam, guys, that could be that wow. could be some money for you. That could be some money for you. Okay, yeah, something to keep in mind. I something that also before we move on or anything, can all three of us give ourselves a pat on the back because. Like our all things considered, our win loss records going into the season, like we've been pretty rock solid. And if you're listening to us and making you know bets and stuff uh, based off our judgments, I think we have a pretty great record, and you're probably making some money. So feel free to kick us back some. I mean, no pressure or anything, but. You know, <laughs> uh, and and the uh, I'm getting all this these numbers via sport uh, Caesar Sportsbook as well um, off ESPN odds by Caesar Sportsbook and as well usually we're pretty good against the uh, money line that's really where our bread and butter is honestly mm-hmm. some spreads we nail but usually the the uh, the money line is where we tend to tend to tend to end out tend to end out ahead. There you go. Yeah, we all were right. we were what eleven? We were both me and Eric were eleven and three last week, and Lauren was uh, ten and four. So yeah, you're getting you're getting better than sixty six percent with us. Yeah, those are good odds. I mean, I'll take those any day of the week. Um, but yeah, shout out Lauren too, man. You're always you're always pumping those numbers up, and uh, me and AJ just kind of like that's money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Next game we're, we have on the docket here, we've got the Thursday night game. The injury-riddled Cleveland Browns hobbling over to, to face off against the overrated Denver Broncos. Um, I personally, I was, I was a big proponent and believer in Cleveland, what they were doing over there. Um, on paper, they seemed like one of the best teams talent-wise in the league. Uh, but, man, Chubb and Hunt both out. Dearness Johnson, for all you fantasy uh, managers out there, Dearness Johnson uh, is making his first career start. I think he's like a six-round draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. Um, Jarvis Landry's still out. Uh, OBJ, potentially injured, playing through injury. And Baker Mayfield's playing through a a dislocated, non-throwing shoulder. Um, So, you know... Any kind of hit he gets on that shoulder is definitely going to hurt. But um, I don't know. I, I think, oh, the, the the Browns were also without Greg Newsome, Denzel Ward, um, two, two starting cornerbacks right there, both injured. Um, I don't know, man. I I really like Cleveland. I think, I think, you know, they've got a strong team when they're all there, but there's just too many injuries. And I think the Broncos are just going to find a way to just take advantage of it. They're not special. They're not that great. But when you got so many injuries, it's hard to really like, you know, it's hard to get the wins that you need. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm, act, I'm leaning towards the Broncos. They just have more starters in place. Uh, Vaughn Miller made an interesting comment this week where he was like, "I don't know who that ta- who that tackle is that I'm gonna be playing against, but I'm gonna kill him." Um, so there's some fire there. Um, but yeah, Lauren, what you got, man? I, what, what are the numbers for the game? Yeah, so it looks like the uh, they're playing in um, Ohio, so Cleveland's the home team, and they're Cleveland's favorite at minus three and a half, so minus four. Money lines minus one seventy five. The over under they have at forty three points. Um, the money line for the Denver Broncos is plus one fifty. Uh, yeah, no, so it's hard for me to choose right now, and I'm struggling because I want to lean towards Cleveland. I think Cleveland's a has a has a stellar defense. I think if Baker's just healthy enough, he can gut through it and, and uh, get the win. But like you kind of said, um, 
that that uh, Von Miller that Von Miller quote made me believe a little bit in Denver that he's gonna that their Denver's got more starters in place and is gonna play well. But I think I'm probably I bet I bet for Denver last week to win and they didn't. Um, I think AJ's uh, AJ might might allude to it here after my point, but I think Denver might be might be some frauds here, and I think Cleveland rolls in there and exposes them even with Baker hurt. I think, I think Baker Baker plays better when the odds are against him. He always tries to play up. He always plays better. If he's got a reason to play in a chip on his shoulder, like, oh, my, you think my shoulder's hurt, so we're going to lose this game, huh? You think I'm banged up, you know, put some toward all in me. Let's get this ball. Let's get going. Like, he always just – he always is like – he's got that kind of fire in him, right? Like, you know, he, he it almost like – I don't want to say plays better hurt, but see, but the, the, the other question mark I have is one good hit by Vaughn Miller. Wham. Just one good hit by Vaughn Miller. He's out the rest of the game. And then who are they trot again? I don't even know who their backup is. Who are they trot again after him? Uh, oh, Case Keenum. But, you know, I've had firsthand rec- seeing of Case Keenum uh, <laughs> as a Washington football fan. So, I've, I mean, enough said in that department. But Dearness uh, Johnson was a undrafted uh, uh, running back out of South Florida in 2018. He's been on Cleveland since 2019. So he's been in the system for two years now. Uh, so he got some touches last year and did okay. So, you know, he can probably, he'll probably be able to fill the role for a night. So, and, and play decently, but man, I mean, I picked Denver last year and, and uh, I mean, I picked Denver last week. I mean, and they, and they, 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 they didn't do well for me. So uh, I'm going to roll with my man, Baker, Baker out of OU. I'm going to roll with Baker. I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland comes in and gets this win. I think Baker plays with a chip on his shoulder and I think they, uh, they do just enough to get out of here with the win. Yeah, I'm I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Browns on this one, um, and uh, I just want to point out that Teddy Bridgewater is also injured, and without Teddy Bridgewater, that Denver Broncos offense is extremely stagnant. Um, so he's battling an injury. He was a limited participant. Yeah, he was battling a battling a foot injury, and he was a limited uh, participant in practice uh, today. Uh, so, uh, you know, just to, I don't want to hedge my bets at, at all, but I'm predicating my prediction on Baker Mayfield playing, um, or at least starting the game. Me as well. Um, and so, as, as insofar as that's going to happen, I think uh, you know, I think the Browns pull this one out. Um, I think they're still a better team than the Broncos. I don't think I don't want to say that they're frauds. I just think people saw that three and zero start and and got really excited. Then you run back and see who those three opponents were. I think I detailed this last week. Um, you know, they they weren't good teams. Um, and so the Broncos are 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 a decent team, um, but I don't think they're in. I don't think they're like in the same category as the Browns are uh, or have have put themselves in at this point. Um, if I had to, if I had to pick some tiers, uh, you know, I would say it's like a, it's like a, the league would be divided into fifths. I, I would leave, I would put Denver in like the second, uh, the second fifth uh, of the of the team where five is good and one is bad. Uh, whereas I, I would put the Browns in like the third or the fourth. Um, so I think the Browns take this one. Breaking news! Breaking news! Real quick! Breaking news! Digging into this Baker Mayfield thing, he was not at practice today. Uh, Baker Mayfield oh. was not on the field for the for the portion of practice open to the for the por- portion of practice open to the media. Case Keenum and Nook Mullins took all the throws, tweeted out by Jake Jake Trotter. Wait, um, hold so on. a lot of a lot of my pick that dedicates on him playing two Thursday night because we have a short week this week. He might not play at all. Hold on, did you say did you say Nick Mullins? Yes, indeed. What in the? Oh, don't get me started, Nick Mullins. I had a great rant about him last year when we kicked the crap out of him. Jesus Christ! I think, I think also, uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Mick, if Baker Mayfield doesn't practice at all, but still starts on Thursday. That's just true. I gotcha, wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see that. I wouldn't be. Well, surprised if Teddy doesn't play, then they got Drew Locke. So, 
Drew Lock. The Teddy's backups is Drew Lock. So you know, we'll see if uh, it's it'll be interesting. You know, the the media's point is the media it seems like here is saying that is leaning towards he might not play because of the short week. Um, but preparing to play. Baker Mayfield's preparing to play Thursday. Team believes the shoulder injury not season-ending, according to a source per Jake, Jake Trotter. So as of 11.30 this morning. So it looks like he's, like like AJ kind of said, he might not practice all week and then just roll out there and play. So Is it, is, uh, Lord, is, is it the spread minus 3.5 or 2.5? The spread is minus 3.5. Okay. All right, I, I might. They're saying the Browns are going to score or win by more than a field goal. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. I wouldn't bet against that yeah. one. Yeah. So I think so. The big thing for me is we talk a lot about their offense. Like we're talking a lot about the Browns' offense. I think their defense is really solid. So if they can get to Teddy and you know he's got a hurt foot himself, they yep. can get Miles Garrett can get to Teddy and also cause him to run on it. You know, I've seen that happen before with quarterbacks that try to play on a hurt leg. They, they they might not sack him, but if they keep getting him to run and try and be mobile, his his foot hurts worse and worse. And you can tell he can't plant, he can't throw, kind of as the game progresses. So we'll see. I think I still I'm still leaning on the Browns. I think the Browns are maybe have a more complete of a defense and can roll in there and and, and go to work on Denver, but tossing it back to you, Eric. Yeah, I would like to hear more about what you think about why you think the Broncos are going to pull it out. Just the injuries, or, or is it anything else? So I think I think it's mostly the injuries for me. Um, and in Bridgewater, so Bridgewater does enough in the in terms of like he's not a turnover prone quarterback right now. He's protecting the ball efficiently enough. Um, they've got a solid one-two combo of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, a rookie out of UNC in the backfield. Um, KJ Hamler has uh, stepped up in the absence of Jerry Judy, who um, they say he's got a 50-50 chance to play this week, but it's not likely. Um, so he's probably not going to be out there this week, but, it, I mean, he adds a whole other element to their team. they still got Cortland, uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, Noah Fant is coming along a little bit more this year than he than he has in the past. So. Um, I know, I know Miles Garrett is a great, I mean, he, he was before Trayvon Diggs decided to have an absolutely insane start to the season. Miles Garrett was my go-to for the defensive player of the year. Um, I don't, but I don't know who any of their linebackers are. I mean, not, not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying like, you know, they're not making, well, never mind. There is a rookie, uh, Jeremiah Nwusu or something like that. Um, oh yeah. Wusu is a beast. Yeah. He's an absolute baller. I will give him that. But I think it's one of those. I think it's like it's one of those games where it's infuriating because of Dem- like Denver just does enough in like the short and intermediate passing. They don't have anything deep that's gonna like. I don't think they have anybody to take the top off basically, but they do enough for like they put themselves in positions where it's like, oh, second and six, third and three, that kind of thing to just kind of slowly and methodically matriculate down the field, um, and I think. You know, if Baker does play, like like Lauren said, one good hit, and he's going to be on the ground again, like, you know, in pain. And they say it's, you know, it's not season ending, but, I mean, when I saw that hit Watt put on him last week and, like, he landed awkwardly on the shoulder, I was like, he's not coming back. <laughs> like, I've had a shoulder dislocation. It, that shit hurts. So, I mean, I think – it. Is Baker like is Baker really in a position right now where he feels comfortable enough to like really grit it out, or is he just like 
hanging on by a thread. It's kind of like where we're at, and I think he's kind of hanging on by a thread at this point because he was injured last year, and he's now he's injured this year too. So I think his body's just taking an absolute beating, and I think this could be the week where it starts to really head downhill for him. So, yeah, just a heads up. Uh... Jeremiah Wusu's on IR. He got moved to IR. I think he hurt his leg. I think he hurt his ankle. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, no, and and then just to be just to be a hundred percent transparent with Baker's injury, it is a torn left labrum. Like it's torn. Like it's not attached at oh. all. So we'll see. Yikes. We'll see if he can grit it out. If if you know, I think if I'm, I kind of lean my my betting is always lead on who's gonna who's the if the starting if the other team starting quarterbacks playing like a Baker's bench, then I'm leaning on the other team. You know, so I think this is gonna be like a big time like if Baker plays or not, and and leading you know what we find out tomorrow and what we find out the Thursday morning. So we'll see. But I'm all in Nick Mullins, guys. <laughs> Whatever, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Nick ducking Mullins. This square head. Uh, we had on the docket here to talk about very quickly the Colts versus 49ers. Um, we're hitting, we're, we're pretty close to the two hour mark, so I don't want to push it too far into that territory. Um, I'll be honest, I heard a hot take from freaking Dan Orlovsky who said the Colts are the dark horse for him to win the AFC. Um, I will go on record and say he is smoking that good what? shit. Um, yeah, it was really bad. I saw it. Yeah, I retweeted it. I don't know if I shared it to you guys. He has the Colts and who was the other team? Um, someone else that made absolutely no sense. Um, oh, the Colts and the Patriots as dark horses to come out of the AFC. Um, yeah, whatever he's on, I would, I would really love to like, just try it. You know, um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think the Colts – the Colts' defense is in shambles right now. They're not in a good place. Uh, Carson Wentz, I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit. He's playing pretty well, all th- like, considering he's playing with no ankles. But um, <laughs> I, I, I like this – I like the 49ers too much right now. I think, I think they're – AJ, a long time ago, was a big proponent about their defense, and I am now definitely a believer. That, that team is – they're holding it down. And that – and they're – you know, their conference is kind of tough. I mean – you got the cards, you got them, you got the Rams, you got the, well, I would say the Seahawks, but they're in shambles, so probably not them. But between the Rams and Cardinals, that's a tough, to, you know, that's a tough group. Hey, man, the Seahawks got Geno Smith holding it down. <laughs> Geno burned me last week. I can't let that, I can't let that slide. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm suffering PTSD right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not forget, too, that they have Jamal, the best in the nation. <laughs> Get some dogs on your defense. <laughs> he gets pelted in the face by a yeah, exactly. fire interception. He's just like a dog in that uh, you threw a ball at his face and he failed to catch it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, I got the I got the 49ers on that on that game. Uh, what do you? How are you feeling, Lauren? Yeah, you know, I was sitting here, I was sitting here listening to what you were saying, and I was trying to figure out how where I was leaning. You know, um, and I'm sitting here looking at the Colts' win-loss record, and uh, they've lost to the Rams, they've lost to the Titans, and they've lost to Baltimore in in to Baltimore in overtime. They've only beat Miami and Houston. And they blew out Houston. Um, and I'm sitting, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out, you know, those wins and those losses. And then I look over at the 49ers, and the 49ers are coming off three straight losses, but they're coming off the losses to Green Bay, 
which Green, which uh, they lost by two points, and Green Bay scored thirty. And then Russell Wilson, well, I'm pretty sure was on Seattle, was it was in Seattle at the time where they lost by seven, uh, twenty-eight to twenty-one. And then they held Arizona to seventeen points and also lost by seven. And so I think they're they that team is just so well coached and is always playing and is always playing well. Um, and you know they're. I think right now that the the reason some of those losses, you know, the the, the last two weeks, I know for sure. Uh, excuse me, there, <clears throat> last two weeks, uh, I know they've started a rookie quarterback. Uh, so you know, I, and and they've only lost by seven respectively, and only lost seven respectively to the Cardinals, who uh, currently are the, probably arguably the team, the NFL's best team. So I think the 49ers come out, and I think they play well, and I think they I think they beat the Colts. I think the the spread right now is minus four. Money lines minus two hundred for the 49ers and the the um, plus one seventy for the Colts. And the over under is forty four. But I like the I like the 49ers in this matchup. I think um, I think the the both of these teams statistically match up the same. A lot of times I like to look at like points per game, points allowed. Those are about the same. So I think it's whoever can come out and you know. Uh, whoever's defense can come out and get some stops. You know, they, they both don't score too much about 20. They both score about 23 point, 23 points a game actually. So I think it'll just, I think, I think, but I think this, the 49ers will do enough. Um, now is Jimmy, is Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? That's, I guess that's the, that's to me, that's a big question. Is he coming back this week or is he still on IR and who is, who is starting? So, but I'm still leaning towards 49ers in that defense. Looks like Jimmy returns to practice while Trey Lance is still out. So, but yeah, I've got the 49ers in this matchup just based off of best based off of how well they how well coached they are. But what about you, AJ? Oh, it's San Fran all the way. I I, I oh oh yeah. The I mean the Colts the Colts are scrappy. I give them I give them credit for showing up when, um you know when um you know we wouldn't expect them to uh, particularly against the Ravens. I thought that was a very impressive effort. Obviously, to try and contain Lamar for the first half, um but. Uh, and like I, you know, I think me and you, Lauren, have talked about this sitting on the couch watching the games on Sunday. Like, you know, they they kind of impress you. They kind of stick around. But the thing is, uh, I think that they're just not a good. Uh, I think I've said this before. They're not a great organization right now. Or, you know, and Carson Wentz is is basically held together with with three strips of toilet paper and some duct tape. So, I just I don't I don't see him. I don't I just don't see them winning that 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 matchup. It could surprise us. Maybe I could I could see it. But I'm taking if I'm if I have to put money down, I'm I'm taking San Fran. See, that's the thing. I'm with you. It's just like to me, this game is like I could see either team get. It. I could see either, uh, either team winning it. The Statcast they have a matchup predictor on ESPN. They have they have San Francisco at 65 65.2 percent to win it. Which I don't know what they put into that to get those metrics, but they're leaning they're leaning towards the 49ers. Statistics yeah. are they match up about the same. Like I said, it, it's so when I look at those these these numbers, I'm just like, it's honestly to me, this game could be 50 50. It just comes out and whoever plays better. If I had to pick. If I had to pick um, the head coach of who is who is you know, Indianapolis is, I'm not even sure who it is to be quite honest with you. Let's see, head coach of the Colts is Frank Reich, so it's still Reich. Okay. If I had to, if I had to on a head head to head matchup pick between Frank Reich or Shanahan, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna pick Shanahan. I just I think he's a little bit more in, um, innovative. Um, he's proven that he, you know he can coach. Super Bowl caliber teams, um, so I'm, I'm I'd have that alone would break any kind of tiebreaker for me. But um, I think we've hit the point on the podcast where Lauren, I'm going to give it to you to kind of wrap up the rest of the week's games that we all just you know we all agree on and we don't think it 
kind of pop the out. Speed round. Yes, sir. I call it the speed round. Take us away. So this is a this is a Titan ma- This is a great matchup right here. Atlanta Falcons versus the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's two and three. The Miami's one and one and five. Um, uh, your prime time game right here. Just kidding. It's a one o'clock game on Sunday. Uh, looks like Atlanta's the favorite at minus three uh, and minus one thirty five on the money line. Eric, who you got? Uh, I've got Miami. Oh, we have a little disagreement here. I'm taking Atlanta. Oh, there you go. Oh, Atlanta, huh? Yeah, see, that's what that's funny is I wondered who I wonder where we we're all gonna land on this. I am going to take Atlanta as well. I've they I think they, they do enough. And I think Miami doesn't um uh doesn't play well enough. I think they I think Atlanta comes out. I, think, I like Matt Ryan. I'm just gonna go with Matt Ryan if I'm being hundred percent honest. I think Matt Ryan comes out and plays well is what I meant there. All right, that's fair. Moving on. Panthers versus Panthers versus the uh, New York Giants. The they're playing in MetLife, and uh, yeah, another great game. And uh, the Panthers are the favorite by minus three money line minus one fifty. Uh, Eric, who you got? Panthers. Panthers. All right, so we all go on Panthers. And then the shit show that are the New York Giants. The next game. Uh, we got the Raiders versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The uh, Raiders are favored at minus three money line, negative one seventy, and they're playing in uh, Vegas. I'm going Raiders. Yeah, Philly, Philly's another scrappy team, uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them eke out a win. But I'm I'm going with the Raiders. The John Grudenless Raiders. Good. Yeah, they they proved enough last week. They they were like, look who can do without this filth in our organization. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> so then let's see here the next game on the slate is the lions versus the rams okay well i don't even need to ask about that game and then the next game is the cardinals versus the texans i don't need to ask your Please gentleman's don't. opinion on that game unless no. someone has a drastically hot take okay all right cool and then the, uh one more game here is tampa bay versus chicago bears uh Come don't on. need to really ask about that one either and then and then our uh Looks like our Monday night game here is New Orleans Saints versus Seattle Seahawks. And I think we're all leaning towards New Orleans. Yes. If Russell's not playing, it's New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same boat. But that wraps up our week seven picks. For clarity, just just in case anybody got confused there at the end, we uh we definitely we we all here co-sign on the Rams, Bucks, and Cardinals to easily win their matchups. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't clarify that up really, very, uh, very well there. But uh, they have the one in five Texans versus the six and zero Cardinals. We we they we Jesus. we all safe to say safe to assume was going to win that one. We have the zero and six Lions versus the five and one Rams. So that's like oh my God. Matthew Stafford is going to come in there and just be like, this, "You should name the stadium after me, you Facts. jerks." Anyway, and then yep. we have the five and one Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Super Bowl. Current Super Bowl champs, they have Buccaneers versus the Bears, and the with their rookie quarterback, Tampa Bay will just eat them alive. So, yep. Thank you, sir. That's the speed round. Appreciate that. Well, we've hit the end of the podcast for tonight. Uh, I will cap off real quick. I'll say that the Capitals won their matchup against the Avalanche six to three. Um, hey yo, which is awesome to see. We'd love to see it. Um, Thank you guys so much for sticking with us if you're here at the end. As always, we ask, please subscribe, 
make sure that you follow us, leave reviews. They really help us get any kind of insight on things that you'd like to hear, things that you don't like to hear, things that you look forward to. And be sure to follow us on our IGs and podcasts at GoDeep.podcast. Um, it's the same for both. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much. AJ, any final words? Uh, just that the Dodgers eked out a win against the uh, Braves 6-5 uh, to five, um, in exciting fashion oh, in the, in the, in the late innings of, uh, of, their, of their game. So the Dodgers are still in it, folks. Let's uh, get keep it. Your, keep up alive. Lauren, any last words, my good friend? Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Until next time.